0: Although I've always believed in God, I was a rebellious teen, and through my adult life, I turned my back on God and lived for myself. Uh, once my daughter was grown and on her own, I spent all my time after work at the bars. I owned a nice home and I made good money, but I, even with all that, I was lonely and hurt and broken, and I felt like I fit in at the bar. All the people there had messed up lives too and I really didn't know how good life could be. I thought my life was a mess and my future was hopeless. I had a series of bad relationships that left me distrusting, but I still wanted someone to love me just the way I was. Even when I started dating Ray, I wasn't ready to trust. He was just another guy that liked to drink and have a good time. My conscience was speaking to me constantly, telling me I wasn't living the life I should. I knew it, but I didn't know how to fix it. One night, I got so depressed that I dropped to my knees sobbing. I told God that I'd really messed up my life and that I needed His help. At that very moment, I felt His presence, like He'd been just standing there waning. I didn't say another word, but I cried my heart out. Still, I wasn't ready to surrender. I kept thinking about attending church, and I knew that it was up to me to change the course of my life. I was really surprised when Ray agreed to go to church with me. That's when we started going to Alpha Nazarene. I loved the people there and I wanted what they had. My heart craved it, but I fought against God's pull until one day when Pastor Keith asked, what's keeping you from God? And I realized it was just fear. I stood and climbed over whoever was in the pew and made my way down the aisle crying and I didn't care who was watching or what they thought. I just wanted Jesus. That was in February of 2001. The 10 years since then have been the best of my life, and not because everything became easy, but because God's been with me when it's been hard. Shortly after giving my life to God, I was diagnosed with 4 stage lymphoma. Ray wasn't with me that day, and I was kind of numb when I got to my truck, but a song came on the radio, and I knew I wasn't alone. When others might want to scream or be angry, I felt comforted. I'll never know whether it was misdiagnosis or God healed me, and it doesn't matter. But even when I thought I only had months to live, I wasn't afraid. I felt like God wanted me to do something with it, to show others that I truly trusted Him. And now, instead of going to the bars in my spare time, I spend it talking to God out here in this beautiful country. I feel His presence in nature. I feel close to Him when I'm walking in the woods with my animals. And I see that the world he created for me is so much better than the one I tried to invent for myself. Now I'm not worried about being loved. I'm more concerned with giving love. I love that I can be a help to my in-laws and also take care of my mom. God is directing my path, and I love where he's taking me.
1: Well, that deserves an amen, I believe. Wow. Thanks to Lily for sharing your resurrection story with all of us. Uh, I think Lily would attest, I would attest, and and many of us here would attest that Easter changes everything. Easter literally changes everything. It's the very cornerstone of Christianity. Without, Without a resurrection, there is no Christianity whatsoever. I can remember in Theology class at Asbury Seminary, a professor said, if, if the bones of Jesus were found today and it was being able to be proved uh, without a shadow of a doubt that, that that was Jesus's bones right there in the grave, he said, Would you still be a Christian? And several of us, gung ho, young seminarians in the class, said, Sure, yeah, we would. He says, Well, you're a fool. <laughs> he says, You're a fool because all of this is based upon the resurrection of jesus christ easter changes everything and that's what the apostle paul is trying to tell us in first corinthians chapter 15 if you have your bible would you open it please first corinthians chapter 15 paul is 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 writing to a church he planted in corinth and this church as you go through the whole book of first corinthians has got about everything messed up they're doing a whole lot of things wrong I saw one time a church that was called the First Corinthian Baptist Church. I can't remember why, imagine why anybody would name their church after the church at Corinth because they literally had everything wrong, and evidently they were really struggling with the resurrection and were not believing the resurrection. So the whole 15th chapter of First Corinthians, yeah. Corinthians Apostle Paul writes to them concerning the resurrection. I'm going to start the reading in the 12th verse of First Corinthians. The Bible says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Wow. He says, he says if Christ has not been raised, what I'm doing up here is useless Other translations would say, in vain, and that my faith and that your faith, it's futile. It's of no use whatsoever without the resurrection. Paul's saying here that Easter, Easter changes everything. Jump down to verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost Verse nineteen is a powerful verse of Scripture. I write it many times when I sign the fu- funeral register, when I'm uh, attending a visitation, or something like that. First Corinthians fifteen nineteen says, "If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are indeed to be pitied more than all men." Wow! Easter changes everything, Paul says. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, Apostle says that we are to be pitied more than all men. Jump down to verse twenty nine. Now, if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? This is the only two verses in Scripture that we talk here anything about baptizing for the dead. And Paul's not at all condoning this or says this is something that you should do. He just says, hey, you're baptizing people for the dead. And if you don't believe in the resurrection, why are you even wasting time doing that? He's not saying we ought to go out here and and, and get get baptized for for our loved ones that have died before us. He's just saying, well, if you don't believe in the resurrection, why are you doing something like that? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every day? I, I die every day. I mean that, brothers. Just as surely as I glory over you in Christ Jesus, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink For tomorrow we die. If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink. For tomorrow we die. Easter changes everything the Apostle Paul is trying to tell us. And then jump over to verse 55. Paul says, at the end of 54, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> Mac, Easter changes everything. Lonnie, Easter changes everything. Sandy, Easter changes everything. Just think just for a second. A Friday, Easter took a Friday t- that was filled with discouragement, that was filled with despair that was filled with disillusionment, Easter took that Friday, and Easter made it Good Friday. Easter made it Good Friday. Easter took a cross, which was a symbol of torture, which was a symbol of execution, which was a symbol of death. Easter took a cross, a symbol of death, And Easter made it a symbol of hope, a universal symbol of hope. Easter took a borrowed grave, a borrowed grave from Joseph of Arimathea. Easter took a borrowed grave, and Easter turned that regular, everyday borrowed grave into something around the world, that is universally understood as the empty tomb. The empty tomb. Easter did that. Easter, Easter took a man, Peter, who, who, who denied Christ, even under the threat of a little servant girl. He, he denied Christ. Easter took this, this, this fisherman, Peter, and turned this fearful, ashamed man into the man who stood and preached the message of Pentecost that, that birthed the church of Jesus Christ. Easter took a doubting Thomas. It says, Unless I see, you know, unless I see the scars, unless I see the marks on him, I will not believe. Easter took a doubting Thomas and turned him into a man who fell at the feet of Jesus and said, My Lord and my God. Easter. Listen to this. Easter changed the Sabbath day to the Lord's Day. Can you even imagine the magnitude of that? Jews worshipped for thousands of years from Friday night at 6 o'clock to Saturday night at 6 o'clock. What could have happened that made those Jews change their day of worship. It's like, what, what drastic would hap- have to happen in our society today if we all of a sudden change worship from a Sunday to a Tuesday? What would have to happen? Uh, Orthodox Jews still worship Friday night at 6, Saturday night is 6, the Sabbath. But Easter changed the day of worship, a, 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 a commandment. Easter, cha- Easter changes everything, friends. It took 11, 11 fearful men who were locked in a room for fear of the Jews, for fear of, of Roman soldiers, and, 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 and the sight of the resurrected Christ, the sight of Easter literally... Changed those men and the men who went out and literally started something that has changed the world I, I i came to remind you of something today easter changes everything and just like it's changed my life just like it's changed lily's life just like it's changed many of you in this room if you need that life change power of the resurrected Christ is available for you today. I'm telling you, no matter what your circumstance today, no matter the hopelessness you feel, no matter the discouragement you feel, no matter what your situation is life. can I tell you today, Easter changes everything. It changes everything, and many of us could stand and testify. Easter changes the, the way that we look at death, doesn't it? Wow. The scripture that I just read that death has been swallowed up in victory death where is thy sting Easter has forever changed the way we look at death (laughs) ask Mike Neal ask any funeral director ask any funeral director whether that person would be a Christian or whether or not they could not deny that there is something vastly, drastically different about the funeral of a believer. And not only what what is read and sung and said, about the attitude of the people there. There is something drastically different about the funeral of a believer and the funeral of a non-believer. I've officiated at many of them, and you cannot deny that Easter changes the way we look at death. Easter allowed me to sit with my dying dad and just almost in a matter-of-fact type of way talk about his funeral and what he wanted, songs he wanted sung, scriptures he wanted read. Dad was rather a control freak. He even gave the preacher the three points he wanted him to preach. I I promised you, and that's true, isn't it? I promised you that he did, and he preached them. And Dad and I could sit there and have that discussion, and have it in a very lucid way without tears because Easter changes everything. I could could sit there by his bed in the the last weeks of his life when we were trans transitioning from him from the, from the hospice room in the hospital to a nursing home, and, and I, I, can, I spent the night with him, and I, I, I prayed. I just prayed that God would take him because I didn't want to put him in a nursing home. Just go ahead and take him now, God. I, I can pray, literally pray, that my dad would die because Easter's changed everything. Easter's changed everything. My, my brother and my mother and and, and I were around dad's bed there at the nursing home in Ripley, Ohio, and as he breathed his very last breath. And I grabbed my brother's hand. I grabbed my mother's hand, and I said, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Am I nuts? Or does Easter change everything? Day later, I picked up the phone and called Dad's best friend in all the world, Edwin Pollock, lived in Frankfort, Kentucky. I picked up the phone. And I said, "Ed, I just wanted you to know, that Dad's died." <laughs> and at Ed's first response, as an eighty-year-old man himself, Ed's first response was, well, "Praise Jesus, Hallelujah to the Lamb." <laughs> we may be nuts. I don't know. Easter changes everything there's a passage in second corinthians i think we have it on the screen second corinthians chapter four therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day you want a, want a little bit of good news here for this preacher today one thing we all have in common here we're all wasting away <laughs> happy easter <laughs> But our light and momentary troubles. I can camp right there if you want me to. But our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal now we know that if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed we have a building from God an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands amen you've heard it before and you'll hear it again Easter changes everything changes the way we look at death Winston Churchill prime minister of England during World War II he left instructions concerning his funeral and what he wanted done at his funeral and he said after all the preacher had preached and readings were read and the prayers were prayed he invited the the military the six guys from the military that were going to come up and prepare his coffin and be able to close that and drape it with the flag and and as that coffin was being prepared to be carried out he wanted this sound to be heard Us know that. That's the universal bugle cry that says, uh, Good night. Night's over. Go to bed. But as that coffin was prepared and then lifted, and as it started to be carried down the aisle out of that cathedral in London, Prime Minister Winston Churchill wanted this sound to be heard. <laughs> you know what that is. Good morning, <laughs> Easter. Easter also changes the way we look at life. Changes the way we look at death, but also changes the way we look at life. Apostle Paul said in the scripture I read in 1 Corinthians 15, he he says, you know, if, if Christ not be raised, you know, why did I fight wild beasts in Ephesus? You know, if Christ not be raised, well, let's just eat and drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. If, if Christ not be raised, let's just eat and drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. It changes the way we, we look at life. It gives meaning. It gives, it gives purpose to life. It, if, if, if not for the, the resurrection, what, how would the injustice and the evil and the suffering in this world, how could we in any way make sense of that if that this world is not, as we read in 2 Corinthians, a temporary place with the injustice and the suffering and the just plain evil that we see some people have to go through if there is no resurrection from the dead how in the world do you make sense of all of that Jerry Walls was my philosophy of religion professor and one day Jerry Walls came to class and he had his lectern here, and he was getting ready to speak to us seminarians out there, and, and he just stood here. And for what seemed like, I don't know how long it was, what seemed like two to three minutes, he could not speak, and you could tell he was choked up. It just seemed like the longest time. And finally, when he got his composure, he said, This thing makes no sense apart from the resurrection. And what we found out about a week later is that that morning Dr. Wall's wife had left him. And he stood before us, young seminary, and said, This this, (laughs) this makes no sense apart from the resurrection knowing that this life is temporary and there is an eternal home where all things will be made right and when injustices will be created, will be corrected, excuse me, it helps us to be able to to deal with, with life. It helps not only to be able to deal with some of that part of life, it just helps us to, to, to be able to live the life we wanted to, to live. If there's one thing that is a common denominator of, of, of many people who come in the counseling room is, is they, they, they feel powerless. They, they, their lives feel out of control, and they don't feel they have any power. Power to be able to, to, to change a, a, a bad situation Power to be able to to correct a, a a bad habit power to be able to they don't don 't have the power to be able to to save a relationship they they feel powerless to be able to get out of debt they feel powerless um, uh, to be able to change their life in any way they feel powerless to be able to to manage their schedule there's a sense of powerlessness that comes along with people our friends. Because Easter changes the way we look at life, I can proclaim to you, just as the apostle Paul did when he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. The power of the resurrected Christ is available for us to be able to live our daily lives. And when we feel powerless that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us. We have a few scriptures up there. Ephesians chapter 1, I think, is one of them that we have. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Is that up there? Pray, Apostle Paul prays for you and for me. I pray that you will be able to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. <laughs> the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and I if we believe. The same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. I think we have Colossians chapter 2. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to a new life and why were you raised to a new life? Because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Are you powerless this morning? Do you feel like you don't have power to change that bad habit, to change your life, to live the type of life you want to live? The power of the resurrected Christ is available. It, Easter changes the way we look at life, friends. First Peter, I think we have a, First Peter chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection. He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's, that's why Lily can be able to share a resurrection story with us. That's why many of you can share a resurrection story with us. Let's, 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 hear, let's hear another resurrection story. Keith Pageant. some of you may not know him. Tends our second service most of the time. Keith Padgett has a resurrection story that he would like to share with us as well.
2: I started drinking and first doing drugs as a preteen uh, without my parents having any clue. At junior high school, I was drinking whenever I could uh, during you know, the weekdays. Got into a number of occult, new age religions early on, even before my teens. By high school I was angry, empty, just everything seemed hopeless, pointless. And I decided that I didn't want to believe in God or have any concept of a God. So I became an atheist, and I would seek out Christians at every opportunity to uh, verbally attack, to debate, argue with. After graduation, I was just walking around pointless, empty in my life, hopeless. A friend of mine drug me to a church overnighter and I met a girl there I liked and decided I was gonna pursue her and ended up going to church with her a few times. Again, still having no belief in God, totally full of anger. The week before Easter, uh, 1989, I went down and prayed the most unbiblical prayer. I said, if you're the God they say you are, then I challenge you to do something with me. I dare you, because I'm a mess. If you're real, then I'll believe it. Then I challenge you to do something, then I'll believe in you. And I figured nothing would happen. But that entire week, it was like every pain, every issue that was going on in my life was just gone, and he was real. Sunday evening service, Easter 1989, I went down to an altar. I prayed the prayer. Well, I prayed a prayer. No one had told me it was called a sinner's prayer, and I didn't know whether Romans wrote or it was even called being saved. I just went down and prayed, said, you're, you are real, you're the God they say you are, and I will serve you the rest of my life. If no one else serves you, I will. And I figured that was it. But that. this God that I didn't believe in, that I had cursed, reached down, I felt like 50 foot to the center of my soul, and pulled out the root of all the pain and the hurt and the filth in my life, and the terrible things that happened as a child, and all these other things. And I felt clean, down to even my skin, down to my pores, I felt clean. I got up, and it was so real, I said, wow, it was physical thing, not only was God, this God who was willing to condescend to touch someone like me, but he wanted to be real and wanted to be personal, and uh, still to this day it
1: amazes me. The issue this morning is uh, really not about Lily and not about Keith. We can see from their testimony that Easter has changed them. Uh, the issue this morning is about me and you. It's the power of the resurrected Christ working in your life. It's the power of the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Is it alive and working in your life, You know, many times I've stood at the grave side and said that verse as many preachers before me have said, when Jesus in John chapter 11 says, I am the resurrection and the life. Though you may die, yet you will live. And we forget, we leave out. We leave out the last four words that he said. Yes, yes, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Let me read it exactly. I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And we don't ever say the last four words, but the last four words are what makes that whole part of it effective. Yes, it's great to have a mental understanding, a mental assent to the truth that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and he who believes in me will live and though he, though he dies. And whoever leaves, lives in me believes in me will never die and I ask now the last four words that are written there that are hardly ever quoted at a funeral but need to be quoted this morning because Jesus also said do you believe this do you believe this not up here right here, if you do, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you on every day. Isn't that amazing? That is good news, friends. Easter changes everything. Would you stand with me, please? Father God, I pray. I pray for that one, those two, those five, those 10 in here. That they've heard they've been to so many Easter services. They know the story. But they've never applied the truth. It's never traveled those difficult 18 inches from their head to their heart. I pray for that person, those people right now, by a miracle of your grace with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead would go to those people and they could experience without a shadow of a doubt the new birth, the morn again experience that they are a new creation in Christ and they could indeed say that Easter has changed everything for them. Father, we trust today that the truth of this age-old story has penetrated deep in our hearts. And indeed, we'll walk out of here and say, yes, we do believe. Yes, we do believe. And that we can face tomorrow, the uncertain time and the days of tomorrow, because he lives. You need to talk to Jesus about something right now. He's alive. My Redeemer lives. Would you talk to him right now, please, in response to this message? Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for the truth, the truth of the empty tomb. In Christ's name, Amen. Brandon, can we go out with a chorus of "Because He Lives"? Let's sing that through a couple of times as we're dismissed, please.
3: And because He lives, I can.
1: If you can sing that, you've gone a long way experiencing the power of the resurrection of Christ. Go now, the knowledge that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you today. Thank you so much. Happy Easter to you.